What up, Better Humans? We're going to talk about taxes today. You probably live in America, but really anywhere you live. As the saying goes, the only two things that are certain in life are death and taxes. I think that was Benjamin Franklin that said that. Now, the way taxes are carried out in most jurisdictions, in most democracies, are unjust. They're based on coercion. I mean, all government and all taxation is based on coercion, but at least in the case of a sales tax, it is voluntary taxation. So if you don't buy this thing, you don't pay this tax. In America, if you're born here, you're going to be forced to pay taxes your whole life. I mean, even to renounce your citizenship, they're now, I mean, I I don't know if it's a newer thing or they're trying to do it more because more people are doing it, but you have to pay an exit fee to renounce your citizenship. Because if you go to another country and you earn a bunch of money there forever, you're supposed to file a tax return with the US government. It's one of the only countries in the world that does that. Should tell you something. Income tax was proposed originally, the way they marketed it was supposed to be for the wealthy. Just like this recent unrealized gains tax would so just be the literally the dumbest idea ever. I actually kind of hoped they would pass that so that we could see the effects of the free market in action. They said it was targeting certain billionaires, right? So it was more of a wealth tax or a really super wealthy tax. And most people that aren't wealthy might think, oh, that's okay because I'm not wealthy or I'm not in that tax bracket, so it won't affect me. But what they fail to understand is that the self-made billionaires in America, many of them are, did so by investing in America. And it's the reason we have the abundance and we're still the dominant currency and the global superpower that we are, although that is eroding away. But if those billionaires decide to take their money somewhere else that is more favorable for taxes, for commerce, for free markets, as there are a lot of countries that are, and now that the world has basically been uh, dematerialized into the digital realm, this is becoming even more of a threat to jurisdictions. What this means, this is the sovereign individual thesis, and then I'll talk about taxes a little bit and how ridiculous they are. The sovereign individual thesis was written, or the book, The Sovereign Individual, was written, I think in the 90s, right? Two historians, and they had been observing the cycles and peaks and valleys of history, of different civilizations and markets, whatever. And they saw the early version of the internet and they realized what was it was going to do. It was going to dematerialize so many of the things that are just the way they were done. And now that we have this internet world, now we have so much of value, which is numbers on a screen, and we can communicate and transact at the speed of light The old paradigms of military borders, controlling jurisdictions uh, and controlling people in that jurisdiction, and then they pay you taxes and if they want to come and go, they pay you, whatever. That monopoly on physical realm, on the physical violence to control a realm or the threat of violence, I should say, all of the old paradigms based on the physical world, based on controlling things, having in and out taxes and fees, having citizens and then taxing them, et cetera. Those things were rewarded in a world where it was hard to move around. It was hard to communicate. Uh, Basically, everything the internet has provided, when we didn't have that, it was much easier and profitable for jurisdictions to tax their citizens because people were more landlocked and commerce was definitely landlocked. Now with the internet, I mean, if you actually want to, you could commerce completely out of the purview of the government. There's uh, there's Bitcoin, there's other currencies that you can do this with. There's also like VPNs and these other things you can do. You can basically transact without the government knowing if you, if you really want to. And some, what this means is the sovereign individual thesis is playing out. 
And if you look at the craziness in the clown world and all the politicians and all the dumb things they're doing and saying and how just ridiculous it is, what you're saying, what I'm happy about and why I'm happy to see this on a daily basis is we are witnessing the crumbling happening because they are losing power and it's manifesting in ways they don't even realize. Most of them don't even have a clue that this is happening. Some of them probably do. Some of them are probably making plans to mitigate this. There's definitely smart people that have power and money, right? And they're going to be students of history and they're going to be privy to the same information that we have. Though I will say most of them are going to have bias and they're going to be stuck in their status quo and they're going to be stuck kind of seeing things that are convenient because they want things to remain that way. And, you know, they'll just fall victim to confirmation bias and all the other biases that the human brain can fall victim to. Now, some will prepare and do things, okay? The crazier governments get, the more controlling and tyrannical they get is a sign they're actually losing power. Now, I have this theory about censorship I did a video about. I believe censorship actually has a reverse effect. The more they censor, the more they actually radicalize the people that are being censored. And then the more that censorship itself and the information that was censored gets shared, right? It's kind of an anti-fragile strategy. When you stress something that is anti-fragile, it takes that stress, it adapts to it, and it gets stronger, right? Or the hydra. If you cut off a head of the hydra, it grows two back, right? So you can't kill it by cutting its head off. You can't destroy something that's decentralized and anti-fragile by just attacking it more. You actually spread and grow it more, which is why every attempt to attack Bitcoin, you know, regulatorily or the mainstream or all this different FUD about it, like energy, this, whatever, it just, it just backfires. It's actually just promoting Bitcoin more. And this is exactly related to taxes because this is what's happening right now. In a world where you can actually take your wealth anywhere, you could convert all your billions of dollars into Bitcoin overnight and just take it anywhere in the world. Nobody can take it from you. No government can stop you. Why would you stay in a place like America if you could just go to another country and literally set up shop there or invest there or whatever? It's it's kind of ridiculous. And what these politicians don't understand is that the ability to move and the willingness to be mobile in a world that is hyper-connected and so much of commerce is done at the speed of light through the internet, you can't just mistreat people anymore. They will go somewhere else. We already see a mass exodus of people living in New York and California. I mean, uh, Texas real estate, where I'm at in Austin, is absolutely insane. I think it's stabilizing a little bit, but there was a point where you would have to offer fifty dollars to $100,000 over asking price to even have a chance at getting some standard three-bedroom home in a semi-desirable part of Austin. It's absolutely batshit crazy. But that's just supply and demand. That's all's happening. People are leaving California. They're coming to Texas. And like, wow, these prices are nothing compared to overpriced California. And so they're overbidding and they want a place. And they, you know, this is going to happen at the nation state level. Now, personally for me, our family's protected. If we have to leave, we'll go to Mexico. And then from there, we'll go wherever. Maybe we'll stay there. I don't know. But if the government pushes too far with their vaccine passports or mandates or whatever, or I don't think it's actually going to happen. I think we kind of went through the worst of it. I'm just maybe nervous for what the next thing they're going to try is because a lot of what 2020 was, was literally a, te- it was like a war game. So it was a testing round. Like, let's see how far people will let us push them. That's basically what it was. The problem is what does that set as a precedent for them to do in the future? And then like, what level will they take it then? But the fundamental thesis here is you can't keep raising taxes on people and then expect them to stay. That's like really the baseline first principle of how to think about this here. If you raise taxes and you make it unfavorable to commerce and investment, then people will go somewhere else. It's literally as simple as that. 
Now, 50 years ago, even just 50, if you grew up in America and you had businesses there or whatever, it was much more difficult to just pick up shop and go somewhere else. But in this hyper-connected world where we already have this crazy effective supply chain, I mean, mostly effective, like it's it's pretty damn good, but we've had some problems, of course. But we have this global, globally connected supply chain where we can already commerce physical goods across the world. Now so much of commerce is actually just digital bits at the speed of light, and we're all connected all over the world. It makes it so that moving to another jurisdiction is literally just paperwork and getting on a plane. And a lot of times you can even just do this where you move your company somewhere else, and then you can still live in this country where you're at, so you don't even have to leave your home, but your company is now headquartered in Ireland or in the Caribbean somewhere or whatever, and you have this favorable tax treatment, and then you live the same lifestyle, but now you've circumvented taxes. The very simple way to think about the sovereign individual thesis is it demonetizes control and violence because you can go anywhere. You can take your money everywhere. You can move everywhere. You can be kind of a mobile citizen. So you can move from friendly jurisdiction to the next. And a lot of people already do this. It's easier than ever. You can even go somewhere like Philippines or Mexico where your dollars go much longer way. You could have a higher standard of living for less money than in a place like America. And as America keeps inflating dollars and they keep taxing and doing all these ridiculous things, people are going to start looking more and more other places. And then they will go there. And over enough period of time, the government will lose power and people will just opt out more and more. This is one reason why taxing the rich just makes no sense. The rich are the, actually the easiest people to leave because like I said, they can just move their headquarters or company somewhere, pay all the legal fees and lawyers and all the BSS to get done and then still literally live wherever they want, move wherever they want, etc. The other reason why taxing the rich makes no sense and why people don't understand what it even means to be a billionaire or, and, and again, like a self-made billionaire where you create a company or whatever. People don't understand this. When you become a billionaire, it's always through owning companies. I mean, almost always, other than maybe in the case of Bitcoin, it's a little bit different scenario. Every single traditional billionaire that made their money by creating a company, even if that person individually doesn't pay income tax or has a very low amount of it, Maybe they pay capital gains taxes, or maybe they keep reinvesting in their company like Amazon did for years, and so they avoided taxes until later. To run that company, you're paying, if you're a billionaire, your company is paying billions in taxes. The company that you created, every single employee that you hire has W-2 tax, which is where the employer has to match exactly what the uh, employee matches. It's actually usually the single largest expense for a company is their employee taxes. Then you have sales taxes, importing taxes, regulations, fees, filings, LLCs, lawyers, like over and over and over and over and over and over. On and on and on and on it goes. You are investing into the economy. You're creating jobs, which further creates tax revenue. And guess what? Most of these billionaires, what are they doing? They're growing their companies. They're growing their markets. What does that do? More jobs, more income tax, whether it's from the company or from the individual, Uh, more taxes on new employees more growth in buying things, warehouses, cars, trucks, shipping containers, whatever the hell it is. Each one of those creates sales tax and you have to hire people, you got to import steel, do all these different things. To say a billionaire doesn't pay taxes is just completely and utterly ridiculous. You're just not looking at it. it it's, it's, just, it's such a weird idea. It's such a weird idea because to become a billionaire, you have to literally pay billions in taxes to get there. And then to stay a billionaire, 
What are you doing? Well, let's say Jeff Bezos completely sold all the stock of Amazon. So Amazon's now its own company, has nothing to do with Jeff. Well, Jeff's got billions of dollars. What is he going to do with it? He's going to invest it. This is just what it is. He's not going to just let it sit in his bank account and waste away to inflation, that's for sure. He's going to invest in it. He's going to start a rocket company as he did. He's going to invest billions of dollars into growing that thing and building rockets and all the different people that get paid to be a part of that process and all the different thousands or tens of thousands of companies that help make that happen. And what is germane to all of these? What is something that doesn't go away through every employee, every little ounce of silicone or steel or raw material or bolt or coder or technology, every single thing that goes into absolutely any business or enterprise, what comes with it? Taxes. Taxes, taxes, taxes. Every single thing, even a lot of times when it just moves. If I sell you one screw, there's a tax. If you use that screw to plug into something and then that thing makes money for you, profit, there's tax on that. If an employee grabs that screw, screws it in, and I got to pay him to do that, there's tax on the time he spent to screw that screw in. Then when you make the money, there's taxes on anything you buy, any assets like real estate, stocks, etc. right? If you sell, there's taxes. If you die, which a lot of people don't realize is, probably, is actually the largest uh, tax there is. It's the inheritance tax. I believe it's like 50% or something ridiculous, right? And they have all these regulations about you can't give too much money to anyone, people, whatever. And it's, it's, it's really a complete racket. It's absolutely insane how the government feels it has a right just because you were born on its soil and it provided you like some crappy protection and some crappy service, probably which none of us really want or need, that it can then take half of everything you've generated over your entire lifetime and you can't then give that to your heirs. It's disgusting. I mean, government is coercion. It's a monopoly on violence and it's immoral and unjust. And taxation is a perfect manifestation of what that is. Immoral unjust, based on coercion through violence or threat of violence. If you don't pay your tax bill, you go to jail. You try to leave the country or come out or whatever, and you don't pay tax bill or you don't pay the exit tax or you're still a U.S. citizen and the IRS expects you to file a tax return, then you get thrown in jail or they come after you or they extradite you or whatever. It is a racket. It is actually the biggest mafia on the planet is the U.S. government. The biggest mafia, organized crime on the planet is the U.S. government. And guess what? They also kill people. They murder people, they go to war, and they justify it with some bullshit political talking points. But it's okay because they're a government, right? <sighs> it just makes me sick. But let's review. Taxes on the rich just mean they go somewhere else, and it means less tax revenue. Always, every time. In fact, there's uh, examples of this. Many states have tried this. They've raised the income tax rate, and I think a lot of times they even did on the rich. And guess what happened? They had less tax revenue. There's been other examples where they've lowered the taxes on everybody. And what was there? there was more tax revenue. So how can you lower something and have more tax revenue? Because again, the way to generate taxes is by having capital that's allowed to invest. That's all it is. It's very simple. You have The more capital you give to people to invest, to grow more capital, generates more tax revenue. And we're talking about literally the difference between trillions of dollars in tax revenue and maybe billions because you could tax everybody, let's say in 2020, we just tax everybody like a ridiculous amount, like, like 80% or whatever. That would only last for a very short period of time. And the tax revenues you would lose out would probably be like 100 to 1,000 to 1. Meaning if the tax rate was so high that Silicon Valley never happened, imagine where that value would have went and how much it would have been. Imagine if China with open arms welcomed the tech sector of Silicon Valley. And so we had Facebook, 
Netflix, Google, Twitter. What are the other big ones? All the companies, really. They all went to China, and the internet revolution happened there. We're talking about the biggest, most powerful companies, richest companies on the planet. We can't even fathom how much tax revenue is. I mean, we're talking trillions, trillions of dollars of tax revenue up to this point and into the future that would have gone somewhere else if the tax rate was raised so much so that corporations would have to go somewhere else. The only reason that America's been able to do what it's been able to do is because it has relatively strong property rights and it has relatively favorable tax laws. Now, they're not really favorable from where they should be, but they're at least favorable compared to a lot of other areas. As you see, though, all countries are in a competition and their tax rates have a lot to do with that. So if you raise a tax somewhere and make it very high, and then another jurisdiction says, hey, come here, we're half the rate, then people are going to go there. Companies are going to go there. And what that's going to mean for the higher tax rate jurisdiction is they're going to have less tax revenue, exponentially less, because every company that gets built, every uh, founder that comes in and then hires people, and then some of those people become founders of other companies, you get an exponential spreading. That's what Silicon Valley was. Like literally thousands and thousands of companies and startups have come out of Silicon Valley and America, of course. And if you stifle that with high taxes, they go somewhere else and do the same thing. So you have exponentially less and exponentially more. Lower taxes, exponentially more tax revenue. Higher taxes, exponentially lower tax revenue. Sorry, but like all the narrative talking points cannot refute these simple first principles. It just is what it is. But what it requires is a little bit of counterintuitive thinking and digging a little bit below the surface, which is what most people don't do and what most politicians don't do and what most talking points aren't about. People want a simple to understand, sounds like it makes sense narrative. And if it sounds like it doesn't make sense, if you say lower tax rates result in higher taxes, people are like, oh my God, that doesn't make any sense. My head's exploding. Ah, my face is melting. <laughs> if you say higher tax rates result in less tax income, they're like, oh my God, my face is melting. It doesn't make any sense. And that's why most of the narratives in any political environment, but especially America, all the narratives and all the talking points that the politicians hop on and all the people, the masses that buy into this nonsense are almost always the opposite of the truth. Global warming, taxing the rich, blaming the rich even, the idea of capitalism and how they think it's somehow about stealing from people when really capitalism, at least in its pure, purest form, not crony capitalism, is about providing products and services that people want and then you get rich. So you literally give people what they want and you get rich. That's what the free market is. Because if you don't give people what you want, they don't buy from you. You don't make any money. Again, it's like, think about it a little bit. Just think about what a free market or capitalism is a little bit. Nobody's forcing you to spend your money. I don't force you to buy my stuff. I don't force you to use that app or that phone or whatever. You do it because you want to. And the things that people want the most are the companies that benefit the most. Now, generally. There are exceptions here, of course. I could go on and on about this, but the best place to get your, your every other day dose of waking up reality and helping you think a little bit for yourself, thebetterhuman.co. Get the Better Human newsletter. I'm really pouring my heart and soul into it. I've been getting a lot of good feedback. I think people like it. I like doing it. It's making me better every time I write one. And you get links to all the shows and everything. And if you're on a podcast app, hit that subscribe button and leave me a review. I appreciate that. And if you're on YouTube, uh, maybe share this or like it and also hit that subscribe button yeah, because that is what 
the big tech overlords want to show that my content is deserved to be promoted in their eyes. And as much as I can't stand that game, it does help. And because my mission is true and right and just, and I want to help people become better humans, we have to kind of play the game we're in while doing our best to mitigate it and circumvent it which is why I have my own newsletter where I can contact you no matter what. No matter if they shut me down, I can get on another email service or even have my own server and I can always send an email. You can never take that away from me. That's it for today and I'll see you in the next one. Yeah.